Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers Hoid, and I'm back in the seat, and I got things going on and stuff to talk about, and um, this is kind of a just a wake up and to say, hey man, I'm alive and doing this, and I appreciate you guys, you know, that have been waiting and hanging, and um, you know, just everything that's going on. Did you see that they released the alien report, and basically they said, we don't know. They know, but they ain't telling you. But they're telling us that they don't know. They're like, 50-50, it's an enemy drone, which I ain't buying, or it's extraterrestrial. And you know what? It's extraterrestrial. We know they're checking things out. Um, Speaking of extraterrestrial, I watched that Tomorrow's War. It was not a bad uh, show. I mean, it, it anymore, they're kind of doing these a little quicker, the whole COVID, blah, 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 you know the deal. But the Tomorrow's War on Amazon, I... I enjoy that I, I'm like mindless sci-fi I'm the sci-fi guy man I'm, I'm all about watching the sci-fis hell last night I watched Marvel again like how many times Loki got to do the Loki shows that I'm kind of enjoying the Loki back and forth and the different things although I get the change of heart because he wants to date himself and he's the ultimate narcissist and all that stuff but uh really digging the Loki things Got my mom all moved out. She came out last week, so that was a bit why I was MIA. She got furniture, like, immediately. Like, I had to wait a month for furniture. We went in and grabbed her furniture for upstairs. I created the parlor and the whole thing for her. Um, she's out today running around, and I'm heading to Alaska this afternoon. I got a lot of stuff to talk about um, in a short amount of time to fill you guys in on. But, uh... Man, it's just uh, uh, the site kind of broke and blew up, and we're fixing that. So Sniper's Hide is in a weird flux, and something broke. Uh, and Mark put out a really good article that you can't comment on right now, and they're looking to share, but he did this article that basically goes over your numbers. And if you go onto the forum, the homepage of Sniper's Hide, go to the homepage, is easier. You can read Mark's uh, really good how to analyze, break down, and damage control your data ahead of time. We, there's a lot of things out there that can corrupt your data. Um, we see it in Mirage, you know, that Snell's Law effect when it inverts and we get that half mil flip we talked about. Wind on my range, right? We can have crazy 18, 25 mile an hour winds. You know your elevation's corrupted because of that. So... There's times when our elevation doesn't flow. And so Mark wrote this article that uses both your, your uh, a ballistic calculator, how you look at that, as well as using the weaponized math to establish your numbers ahead of time and to visualize the flow. You know what I'm saying? So you could visualize it. So go on to Sniper's Hide, homepage, read Mark's article. There is a broken, you can't comment right now, they're fixing it. Like I said, with a couple things, like some widget snapped on the site. Upgrades, man, always break shit. And, um, but you can, you can read it and look at it, but you just can't comment right now until they turn that back on. Um, one of the other things, speaking of the site and different stuff, online training, and this kind of goes into Mark's article. So online training, I just did two articles up there, real short videos, um, you know, to, to, to kind of bolster that. As we're getting ready, I'm getting ready for my launches, okay? Once I come back from this trip, 
Uh, I got the I got the model set. I'm hoping the site gets fixed. A couple things. The upgrade was done yesterday, and that's supposed to repair a few things. And then I should be ready to jump back in with both feet. And one of the things I did in this video was I have this sort of new, um, and I've done it before, I believe, but three, six, and eight. I like to do three, six, nine, but three, six, eight is actually better. And so I did this lesson on 300 yards, 600 yards, and 800 yards, and why those ranges are my go-to baseline ranges, what each yard line does for me, um, you know, explaining I, I set my tone at 300, I shoot groups, hey, remember when I missed that target at 300? Well, there, there's a good friggin' thing right there. So at three, you know, I'm going to shoot paper because paper's going to wrap me out and tell on me, and, and I'm not going to be as good a shooter as I think I am when I put it on paper. The other reason I like three um, besides that, it sets the tone the way weaponized math is written right now, written, I'm slurring, um, written right now, uh, is three inch shooting seas. I love me some three inch shooting seas. And so if you're putting all your rounds inside the three inch shooting sea at 300, you know, you got good data, right? So then that immediately leaps frogs us to six. So 300 sets my tone. Then I'm going to go to six. Six is where that establishes my starting point, right, for software and, and when I'm going to be doing truing and things like that. Six also is where I set my mile per hour gun for wind, right? So I want to go and say, what's my mile per hour gun? I'm going to use six. I want point six at 600 yards with whatever number wind it needs to get me that. So four miles an hour, six miles an hour, eight miles an hour, whatever the number is, I want it to line up to point six. And that also gets me started with my software, right? You really can't do anything with software until you give it some information. And the best way to give it information is the 600-yard drop, Guys been in my class know there's times that even on the first day, we'll shoot people at 600 to give them a number. Boom, point of aim, point of impact, 600 yards, waterline. Say, call it 3-2. We'll give it a mystery number, 3.2 mils, right? So now I'm going to go into my software. I'm going to put all my profile information in. I'm going to put all the data that I have, you know, as far as a bullet, BC, everything. I'm going to put that in my software and build my profile. Then I'm going to go and I'm going to put the, the range to 600 yards. Well, if it doesn't match what I just shot, then I have to start rotating and moving the BC, or not the BC, the muzzle velocity, the muzzle velocity. I'm going to move the muzzle velocity plus or minus 25 feet per tenth of mil. So if I need, you know, moving 100 feet, line up the curve. Now 600 matches my 3-2. That should get me 90% of the way to 1,000, right? Should get me almost all the way there. So now I shoot my 8. How does my 8 look? 8's my fine tune, right? 8, boom. I shoot it, go hit my chewing bar, and now I go to my software. It's off a little bit, maybe a tenth. Maybe two. 
So now I'm going to roll that middle number, the BC, up or down to line that guy up because that won't affect the short range, but that's going to take care of my long range, and that'll get me the 1,000 and clean my curve up. So that's my two 1,000 yards. I have other methods when I shoot farther and things like that, but 300, 600, 800 yards. Good shit right there, right? So that I did an online lesson and put that guy up. Another thing we're doing, um, two days this week, because like I said, my world's opening back up. I'm not kind of stuck waiting for people to deliver or install or do things. It's just whatever. Um, I'm out. I'm, I'm doing shit. I'm getting ready to wake up. I mean, it's like friggin' coming out of my hibernation for the last three months or so. So I've been out at the range with Chris, Chris Way, rifle craft, right, in the craft method, all good stuff. And so we're, we're looking at the wind. And we're, we're doing some really kind of neat stuff playing with the wind. And, you know, he, he, he's like, I, I, you, you know, hey, I want to go to the range. It's like, okay, cool. I can come Monday. I can come Wednesday. All right, yeah. And it's like, well, what do we want to do? I want to look at the wind at distance, and I want to do this. So one of the things he was doing initially it is he, he, we had a camera on the target with wind flags and stuff, and we had Austin Angus doing targets. Austin made me some great new targets for the range. Um, I'm going to talk about that too because uh, I talked with Vibbert and Pinch about targets, so I'll bring that up. And, um, so Chris did a timer, and every 12 seconds he shot 10, 10 times, 10 rounds. And when he shot, beep, bang. Austin gave him the wind call at us. So basically, the gunshot, the impact, we can see what the wind's doing at the target because I got a camera on it. Then gunshot impact timer, Austin's giving us the wind call where we were. Now caveat, what I talked to about noticed before is because the winds were looking different, feeling different. It's because our connexes were kind of in the way. I said to Chris after, like Wednesday, yesterday, I said, hey, we should have moved over here for a better wind reading because the wind was being partially blocked. Um, but anyway, it was a good kind of drill to see the ebbs and flows. So I'm kind of, you know, Chris, is, Chris explains and Chris is really, you know, he's experimenting. He's looking. These are laboratories for him. He's a scientist. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm looking, I'm, 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 I'm listening, I'm sitting back, I'm assisting, and I'm kind of, my mind's working, the gears are turning, you know what I mean? It's like crank, 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 well, what's going on? You know, I'm, all kinds of mechanical sounds. I don't have yeah, like stuff's like jamming in my head. So I'm like, well, what are we doing? Because he, he's looking for a win strategy. And I'm like, well, we have a pretty good wind strategy. We know it works. But then as I'm kind of boiling down and he's over-explaining and with the 10 rounds and everything, I, I'm, I'm realizing what the missing part, there's two, there's a couple things going on. One, everybody wants a single done solution for the wind. And the wind is like three parts. But everybody wants to average it to one part. I see it as there's a high, there's an average, there's a low. There's three parts, right? You got the gust, high and low, and you got the average. And 
when we kind of fall in a certain zone in the middle, it works. It's the edges that are the problem. And so then I'm listening to, um, you know, Chris explain and we're doing stuff and we're looking at things and certain stuff doesn't match up. And of course, I use like a sine wave for this. So if you think of the wind as a sine wave, goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down. And I'll cut a line through the middle. And that middle line is um, your average. In the above and below is your gusts, your highs and lows, your troughs and your tips, right? So I, I matter of fact, Jacob called me talking troughs um, in the tips of the wave, in the speed of a tip versus the drag of a trough, and the timing for the wind to get to you. And the fact, everything we do when it comes to wind strategy looks at the wind as if it's moving across the field in a single straight line. It's a, from me to the target, if you kind of draw a line 25 yards away from me, to my right. And that straight line is your wind, and it moves from right to left across my front. doesn't work like that, though. It's that sine wave kind of turned on its side, and then it's like you get a trough, you get a wave. You get a high, you get a low. You get a gust, you get a lull. You get an up, you get a down. I mean, every number, every 12 seconds is different. So in a string of fire, and when your mind is going into that scope, through it to the target, you're tunnel visioned a bit. Your, your mind isn't open. So how do you manage those changes when they're like all over the place? And so that's what everybody wants. They want that single number solution. I need to hold 1.2 and hit the target for my 10 shots. And it doesn't really work that way. So we're trying to figure out how can we make it work similar. And... You know, I go home from Monday, and I'm crunching. I'm looking at the video we shot. I'm putting stuff up because I did my video. They did their video. We're doing a little bit of cross-purpose stuff. And I'm thinking, like, well, we're using brackets when, we're, when, we're, when we know we have big gusts, when we know we have things going on, and we're using the bracket system, right? Got a 6-mile-an-hour gun. I got a 12-mile-an-hour wind. I'm holding 1.2 at 6. But then I got gusts. And Gus could be four miles an hour, could be six miles an hour at my range, could be all over the damn place. Call it four. That might be big enough to throw you off the plate. And that's generally what happens, right? I make a win call, I hit. Then I make the next shot, I miss. Then I go back to my win call, I hit. Or what you'll do is you make a win call, you hit. You use that win call, you miss. You change that win call, you miss because it went back to your original would, would work. And, and you're, it's that game of chase it. High, low, high, low, high, low. Yes, no, yes, no. Now, we could buy it, right? Try to get a better caliber, wind cheater, wind cheater pro. You know, spray a little on your, on your bullet tips and it'll cut the wind. They sell it here, Pam, right? Pam has it. Um, wind cheater pro. Anyway. So that becomes the question of now 
I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at my position. I'm looking at moving from target to target. And I'm going, everything's based off my shot previously, my last shot. Last shot tells me what I'm doing for this shot. In fact, Chris did, he moved out, and he's taking the shot before, and he's, he's fine-tuning his uh, win call with the previous shot. And we all do that. That's kind of typical. So I'm looking at it and going, well, when I run the bracket up, the bracket works. What happens when the plate is tiny? Because I had the diamonds at eight. Because then I jumped to 800 yards. I got a bigger diamond. I got like a 10-inch diamond and a 6-inch diamond. And I hit the 10-inch diamond with a bracket. And then I go to the 6-inch and the call's just off. It's like, okay, there's my bracket. There's my hit. Move it to the diamond. Uh, Okay. You know, a little bit. So what I found was a bracket within the bracket. I mean, it's there. We all probably do it. People probably use it. I'm not saying I found it like it was never seen. I'm sure somebody's seen it. I'm I'm verbalizing it, what I'm doing. So what I did is I used my first bracket to fine-tune it into a gust bracket. And I want that gust bracket as small as I can get it, as small as the gust will let me get it. Where's that error budget on the target? But then at the same time, you know, so I I almost now how I'm envisioning it is like my elevation. Little little adjust on the fly. But what I'm doing and something I'm saying is I could be behind the line. I'm waiting. I'm in my staging area. And I'm looking at my Kestrel and I'm getting a wind call. All right. I got direction. I got speed at me. Then I'm going to look at those changes while I'm waiting. Highs, lows, highs, lows, highs, lows. Then I'm going to say, okay, I got a six-mile-an-hour gun, and I got a .2 gust bracket or a .4 gust bracket. So I want to do my best to try to balance that smaller bracket within. So I'm going to go up to the first target, and hopefully it's a little bigger, and I'm going to bracket it. Right, I'm going to put my high and low on there as best I can. Then I'm going to believe the bullet and see where the strike goes. Then I have to, in quick, real time, as fast as I can, attempt to then boil that down to, all right, it's a point eight, 0.8 in the middle, but I got a bracket where if I start to drop, I, want, I know maybe it's closer to 0.6, and that's my balance. Hey, I'm in a trough where I hit that last one, and I happen to be a high. In the point eight, right? And now it's in a trough that I should be at point six. So maybe I want to bracket point six to point eight instead of like point eight to point seven, point eight to point nine. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at how I can play that target size in those brackets. But maybe I want to dial on that initial win call. I mean, that gets tricky. I'm not always a fan of dialing, although there are some people who are. In an East Coast match where you're on a line, your change to target aspect isn't as big. In a West Coast, dialing can bite you if they change your aspect to target. So caveat, bomb, boom. You know, it doesn't, this isn't a universal solution. 
So anyway, I'm looking at that. But also we were looking at target angle. So when Chris was shooting out there, we did 15 degree width of targets to see how that affects. So what we're doing, what we're working on is every aspect of this target that we can see how the wind affects it and what are we doing and where do we need to go. And it's not so much creating rules of thumbs. We are kind of doing that because they want, again, everybody wants that single number solution, right? You got to have a single number. But then it's like, okay, we have a single number solution when we have a three-part problem. So I'm trying to maybe break that three-part problem into two of the parts or one and a half happening before you start shooting and then like one and a half happening while you're shooting. So trying to balance how we're doing that because we really do that with elevation. I mean, think about you go into your Kestrel, you write down your dope, you say, okay, got a target here, 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 and here. And if something's off, range is wrong, something's we adjust on the fly. It's like I dial it in, I know my dope, I adjust on the fly for errors, and then I go. We do the same thing for wind, but wind, we're really winging it. And, and it's like you talking strategy, and Chris had sampled a lot of people and said he had gotten in some arguments over people who were like, oh, left edge, you know, point two at left edge, point three at left edge, you know. And, and it's like they're trying to error budget but really just left edge it in a lot of ways because they're hoping their caliber cheats them. And it's like they don't have a why, and they see it as a guess. It's an educated guess. And when I said to Chris, I go, well, what are you doing? And, he, and he's, he, he, he's excellent that he knows every, he, he, you know, we're step one through 12, he can tell you 1 to 12, and there's no, well, I'm just doing this. Although he's saying it, he gives you step 1 through 12. And I said, okay, well, let's look at that. Those numbers match the math. You're guessing because you're not sitting with a paper and pencil and doing that math. You're kind of throwing it in your head. And, yeah, we, we have a lot of numbers, and we, we often will second guess because we're running so many numbers in our head. So it's like, okay, that was a lot of numbers in my head. And then it's like, but you're right, you know? And, and then we talked, you know, pro side, amateur side. We talked all these calls, and, and he's center punching within like three inches of center, five inches of center, but he's not unsure. And it's like the numbers work. And part of the problem, I think, is we do a bad job of explaining like the miles per hour gun and how that actually does translate to a formula and the different, you know what I mean? It just happens that it falls in line like that, but the, the numbers were still determined initially through the formulas. The formulas work. So I don't know. I just, I just think it's pretty neat, man, that we're, we're, we're able to do that. And, um, you know, we're working the problem in the lab. I mean, we spent, in the, in the last two days at the range, we easily spent, God, four to six hours working wind, working the problems, running out to a grand, coming back out, running out farther, seeing how it trends. And it was funny because it trended. It, we, yesterday we were doing a trend, and the trend to a 1,000 worked, what we're looking at. 
Then when I leapfrogged to 11.25, that broke the trend. And it's like, because we're on the backside of the curve. So, you know, somebody had brought up, Colin, I think Fossen had brought up, you know, the mile per hour gun is good, but then as it starts to degrade, it's hard. But Ted, Jackmaster, Ted Hoger there, Hager, Hoger, I think it's Hoger, Hoger, Ted, Ted Jackmaster, he, he, he had fixed this solution a while back, and maybe we didn't mention it well enough. We're changing the mile per hour instead of changing the value. So now you say, I got a six-mile-an-hour gun. Well, maybe when your gun slows down, and a lot of people think it slows at eight, something like, like I said, this held to 1,000. We're shooting a 6.5 Creed, it held to 1,000. Well, at the 1,100, it becomes a five-mile-an-hour gun. It's not a six anymore. Then at 1,200, it's a four-mile-an-hour gun. And it works like that. So instead of trying to go, well, it's a point one change and then a point two change and then this change, just go, it's a six, five, four, three. Easy. So that's a solution for the people who get confused with the mile per hour gun. Um, how how that's going. And um, like I said, we're we're I'm gonna come out with this. I'm gonna kind of revamp. I got a lot of things. I'm gonna redo and redo this podcast. I'm gonna I'm you, you, when I redo the podcast. I mean, I appreciate you guys on here. I'm gonna do a whole new look. Uh, I'm gonna do like a new format, a new not format, I guess, but I'm gonna break it up so you'll understand. So it'll be kind of a relaunch, a relaunch of the podcast that's gonna happen. Um, right when I get back from this Alaska trip, it's gonna give me a window. It's gonna let me do this and relaunch. I'm I'm I'm. I got it mapped out. I got basically my models and what I'm doing and everything, and I'm mapped out. I just I'm, I hadn't pulled the trigger because of the, the, the home stuff, the personal, you know, and, and, and then the travel on top of that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, every other couple days I'm, I'm in the airplane. This was, my lo- this was the longest stretch I've slept in the house. So from the uh, Colville... Sniper's Hide Cup to today. This was the longest stretch that I slept in the house uh, for that. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, uh, just because it's in my head and I'm like right in front of it, is uh, Straight Jacket Armory has a reloading lesson for $50 that you get like a block of reloading lessons. And it's kind of cool, man, um, that... For 50 bucks, they're doing, and this is a barrel manufacturer, right? And they're doing reloading stuff that you can log in and live stream and ask questions. It's interactive. So if you go uh, Straight Jacket Armory, you go on Sniper's Hide, there's a link to it. I'll put some other links up. That's one of the things I have to do better is linking within the podcast stuff, linking within my videos, linking within the other things. I just did a spur instructional video, and... The spur instructional video. It's funny, people trying to beat. It's like, dude, yeah, it says don't use Loctite. It says use lo- you can use Loctite if you clean the fucking screws, but don't you? Ah, everybody wants to. Everybody wants to be smarter than you. And it's like, dude, I'm talking to Hawken. He's got stuff coming out and doing some stuff. And but people were screwing up, and and we did a lot of testing on the spur. And hitting the rings, hitting the rings, hitting the rings every time you pull the gun out is fucking it up, dude. It's you, not the mount. Um, I saw it slip. I watched it, and I did it with some of these uh, torques and stuff. 
If you hit it every, what you have to do is back it off, retorque it, back it off, retorque it. Because if you're just torquing, 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 you're adding a pound here, you're adding a little here, you're adding a thing here, man. These these little bitty torque wrenches we're using aren't friggin' scientific machines, and they're slipping a little bit. I've seen it. I, I actually, I think there might even be a little piece of video when I was filming the spur video I put up that shows you how to properly mount your scope with a spur. I think you could see it slip on one when I came back and hit it a second time. Um, so that's why you're seeing these cracks and breaks and things because people, I know they're fucking going to places and showing up, pulling a torque wrench out and checking it. And it's like, why? Put a pen, paint pen on it and check your lines lined up. If it didn't slip, there's no reason to touch it. And if you're hitting the screws, hitting the screws, you're adding a little bit to it. So that video was done. Like I said, I've just, I've just been really bad at promoting myself over the last month um, that I've actually been creating content and doing things. And God, I did a bunch of articles for Gun Digest and they're out there. I wrote them up and then, you know, I'm... Oh, the videos and, and things like that. So I'm I'm waking up from this uh this uh coma that I fell into, and, and so I just want to like let you guys know it is happening. Um, there are there there is movement. There there's a shadow in the tunnel, and it's coming towards you. Uh, alligator Loki <laughs> bit his hand off. That was funny as shit. I I was digging on it. Oh, and it went up. Um, speaking of that, funny. I went up and did another uh, little uh, class with Jacob up here in uh, Horse Tooth uh, Reservoir. Um, and, and Jacob's been running the classes. His rimfire thing up here in Colorado is super cool. He's got a rimfire mover up on the hill. He's got all these targets hidden in the sage. Um, he's doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of rimfire stuff, uh, rifles only, and, and all over the place. Uh, the rimfire up in uh, New Hampshire through them the rim fire here in Colorado the rim fire they're doing down in Texas voodoo's on the site doing stuff I mean uh, the, the new 60 degree throw I had Neil asking me about that yes thank you I mean that's the thing he's like well is it better is it of course it's better it's like frig it's the next gen it's the latest thing it's it's kind of like they're going into that f-class bench rest version of rim fire and these are the guns they're going to do it with. It's like the voodoo stuff is cool as hell, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of these things happening. And, um, it, 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 I'm, like I said, I, I wanted to throw you this. I know you guys are out there just dying to listen. You probably moved on from here. And I don't blame you. I've been MIA. But when I wake back up, you're going to know when I wake back up. It's going to be a new format. It's going to be cool as hell. And um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually have some stuff semi-scripted, I won't be all, um, you know, off the cuff, a lot of it, you know how I am, I go on tangents and things like that, uh, it, hell, I don't even think I've been breathing for the last half hour, I've just been talking without even really breathing, so there's, there's always that, I mean, it's not like I'm going to change my stripes now, I'm old enough where it's not going to happen, um, you know, but uh, also, speaking of training, changing your stripes, CR2, we're going back to Iron Bridle in November, okay? We're going to be doing the Iron Bridle thing in November. We had a lot of people asking to come back. CR2's Pig River class sold out. These guys are getting popular. You got Phil and Kalen popular over there. You got Chris and Chris uh, doing really well. Um, I'm going to jump in and do an Iron Bridle with them again. So if you want to come down to Texas, 
to Iron Bridal, a cool-ass place with a lot of really cool conditions, um, good food, executive chef, man, hello. If you're, if you're one of those guys that likes to friggin' do it right, come on down to Iron Bridal. Um, that food was fantastic. Uh, it, it's just, um, I'll be there in November. CR2 Shooting Solutions, go see those guys, and then we'll take care of it from there. Uh, it, 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 a lot of, like I said, uh, Mark and I are doing the trip. If you want, we have an August 5th, 6th weekend class happening out here at Mile High. We're changing that too. So the Mile High thing um, is, is we're going to kind of, Mark and I are going to take that over. Mike's going to give a hand. For guys who took my Mile High class last week, one of the reasons I was MIA too is I came back from Colville that same week. I had a three-day class that Mike helped out with um, really well. Great. It was a smaller class. We had fun, man. These guys were so much fun. Uh, everybody who was there was just such a blast. We got so much done. And um, so I went in and talked with Diane. And and for those, we're going to be... We're, 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 I'm, this, is a, this is a transition year, a transition period. Transitions, right? And so we're, we're, we're Mark and I are going to take over Fort Con- or Fort Morgan. Mike's going to be my support and give me a hand with Fort Morgan. That's going to go through us, but part of Mile High. It'll support them. It's going to be a joint, but we'll run it to set it up. So you'll communicate with Mark, but we have a fifth, sixth, I think it is, a two-day class. In August, if you want to come out, do a two-day class. I know we already have like four or five people signed up. We're going to do it no matter what. We weren't putting the minimum on it because we have a gap in our travel. So we're just going to jump in and rather than sit in a hotel and do nothing, I'd rather do five or six people, even eight, ten people, whatever the number is, than worry about an official class. But um, it's in Fort Morgan, August 4-5. Uh, it'll, it's Mark and that. You can contact Mark. Or come on and get a hold of us if you want to take it. Uh, like I said, we're really, in fact, I'm getting on the plane this afternoon. I've already started redoing, completely redoing the PR2. And when that gets done, I'm going to go up and talk to Mark. And now that Mark's doing more three-day classes with me down here, I'm going to rewrite a completely new three-day program. Because our three-day program it's almost identical to the one and two that we do in Alaska. It's just missing a day, right? Instead of four days, it's three days. But we're kind of getting everything put in there. Now, we've been including the mover. You know what I mean? So the mover is in part of that in the four days. So I, he wants to do the mover as, as a standard part of it now. We're probably going to get in and do that mover because we with the blink trolls, we can go portable, um, I can move. I'm going to probably get the permanent with Carl. And, and once I get paid up and all that stuff, I'm going to bring out the permanent in Colorado. But then the mover um, that we trake with us, the Blink Troll has been working out excellent. Really, really good stuff with that. So I'm rewriting everything and I have half of it done right now. And I'll finish the rest on the six hour plane ride that I'm going to have. Uh, so New program, man. New, like I said, I'm I'm actually working. You guys just don't see me. You know what I mean? And I'm doing all these things. So when I relaunch myself, it's, you know, better than ever kind of, yay, oh, part two. 
the sequel's better. Um, anyway, you know, crowd goes wild. That's my crowd coast. I want to see Norbert. See if Norbert will do anything. It's been kind of quiet up there at the lodge, man. I think some of the renovations, Bella go, maybe Bella, the goat, you know, the dog. And the dog won't come down and visit me. It's kind of moved out the other ghost. Maybe the dog ghost. That was one of the things. I watched actually um, Kindred Spirits with the ghost. They're the Ghostbuster people, or not Ghostbusters, but the um, Ghost Hunter girl, the redhead girl, Amy, and then the guy, um, Adam. They're got their own show. And so I was watching that stuff, and um, they did a good job on it, man. They, they, they kind of found some freaky stuff, but they look for a why and an answer. And But Norbert, man, has been kind of quiet, so I haven't heard much of the ghosty stuff. But, yeah, like I said, um, this is a transition year, and I'm experimenting a lot, and I'm doing some things, and that's going to make 2022 become something that's really going to pop. And, and, and so... Uh, you know, man, if you're into it, give us a ring, get a hold of us, hop on the hide. I'm throwing some stuff out. I'm throwing some videos out. Got the different things happening. Mark's article, like I said, dropped in is really good. Working with the CR2 guys, you know, Pig River, they're sold out. And then we're going to be at Iron Bridle, Iron Bridle in Refugio or Refurio, Texas. I think it's Refurio. Anyway, we're going to be there by Corpus Christi. I think it's worth it, man. It's got all the elements. Um, you were all in there. You're captured audience. It's 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 a great little place to to put a program on. Oh, the other thing I'm doing. Speaking of that, because I'm going straight from the Precision Rifle Expo to there, so I'm gonna be doing the Precision Rifle Expo again. They moved it, and uh, I talked to Phil Cashin. I'm all up. So I got the Precision Rifle Expo happening, which I'm going to launch a new thing for that. You guys will like that, man. I'm going to have a new program for your Precision Rifle Expo. I'm going to do the Precision Rifle Expo, then fly straight from Georgia to Texas. Then I'm going to do the Texas class with the CR2 crowd, Chris and Chris. Then I'll be coming back here. Then I got the Guardian match where Phil's going to kick my ass. and everybody. Anyway, I think I'm going to shoot the Valkyrie for that. I think I'm going to go back to the Valkyrie for that Guardian match. Um... I'm digging my Valk. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, it's good. In, in which we were working, uh, Chris and I, I, I gave Chris a shitload of 123s. He's working the 123 problem. We got notes. We got data on those 123s, and they're better. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, lighter was better. He was like 2750 on a 140 or 2850 on a 123. 123 wins. And he can get those up to twenty nine fifty, almost three thousand. But I think twenty eight fifty is the sweet spot. And if your round isn't anywhere near that twenty eight fifty, go lighter. Anyway, so yeah, we're doing that, and 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 so all kinds of things are happening. Uh, like uh, movement, man. And when you see the relaunch, I'm gonna make it bold and bright. You know what I'm saying? You'll see the relaunch. It's gonna be bold and bright. When the relaunch happens, I'll get back on a cycle. And, and I guarantee it, it, it's going to be fun, man. You guys will dig it. I'll, I'll do more uh, talking to people. I'm going to do a whole bunch of other stuff. There'll be some scripts. There'll be some things. So I'll have actually, I, I may even do blocks is kind of what I'm got gearing towards. So we'll do a win block where you'll have some, several lessons at a win block. And then we'll do a fundamental block. And then we'll do this block and that block. So I'm going to be doing blocks. So that way you could follow them. 
and the lessons will be more in blocks that you can work with. So I think you guys will like that. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I'm going to take off. I got some things to do uh, before I hit the plane. Packed all my bags, uh, ready to go. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Thanks for hanging with me and your patience. Head over to Sniper's Hide. There's new articles. There's new videos. There's new stuff in the online training. Uh, We're we're waking up, man. Uh, We're coming out of our hibernation, and we're getting ready to knock this out of the park. Talk to you soon.